0: Hi everybody, this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, December the 4th, and welcome to our commentary. I've had a chance today, uh, a couple of times, uh, to watch some of these clips, these video clips, uh, about Director Ray in front of the the House or the Senate, I think it was the Senate, and uh, some of these college presidents in front of the House. Uh, And it it is fascinating. I I really recommend that you catch these uh, presentations. Now, in the case of Director Ray, he was being asked a lot of different questions. But I thought uh, the most interesting exchange was with Senator Cruz of Texas, where they were talking about what, in the opinion of Senator Cruz, is the obstacles that are being placed in the investigation of Hunter Biden. And I thought he was very direct and confrontational with the director. And that's the problem. The problem that the director has here, the Director Ray, is that there's a great deal of skepticism in the country about him and about the FBI. Now, again, this is not a knock on on the FBI as an institution. I think that 99% of the agents in the FBI do a good job. They're out there uh, helping us. But unfortunately, the leadership has gotten a bad name. And I, I don't know how you how you fix this unless you just clean up uh, some of the people, including Dr. Ray uh, or Director Ray. So take take a look at it. There was also a great exchange uh, about a memo having to do with Catholics. And there was a great exchange between the senator of Missouri, whose name I cannot re- think of right now, and the Senate Senator Lee. From Utah, uh, really good exchange. I would recommend that you check that out. There's, there's a lot of bad blood between the FBI and some members, um, some Republicans in the Senate, and and I think a lot of it is, is is critical, and a lot of it is deserved. I mean, look, you, the FBI has done a terrible job, you know, in engaging itself, or at least the allegations that they're engaged in political activities, and they've done a terrible job. Of explaining that they're not. And it's just creating a very bad feeling in the country. I would also encourage you to check out some of the video clips about some of these college presidents uh, in front of this is in front of the house uh, who are being challenged in some of the activities in some of these colleges and some of the speakers, some of the professors, some of the marches, some of the things that are being said which are really pretty violent against some of the Jewish students. And, you know, the the college presidents obviously are in a terrible situation because I understand what one of them said. I think the, the, the one from Harvard said that they want to promote free speech and, you know, healthy debate and all of that. But we're not talking here about free speech. We're not talking here about healthy debate. We're talking here about making life difficult for Jewish students by threatening them and yelling at them. I mean, I I would think that that would be criminal behavior if if it was done to any of the other group. I'm sure it would be, and then of course some of the professors and some of the things that they're saying and some of the speeches at some of these uh, marches. So colleges have a lot of work to do because they're caught between their what they like to say there's responsibility to promote free speech and the reality that some of the people who donate money are holding it or not, you know, are basically threatening to pull it out and that's a big problem for some of these universities because a lot of their money comes from uh, donations of alumni and, and all of that some very interesting exchanges and i think very much necessary to be talking about these uh, these issues before the house and before and before the senate let me begin by directing you to an article that i have over at the american thinker today about venezuela in Guyana, Guyana is a country next to Venezuela. It's on the Atlantic uh, coast uh, side. As you're going down the coast, right before you get to Brazil, it, it separates uh, Venezuela from Brazil in one part of the in one part of the coast. Guyana is an old uh, colony and a uh, British colony, and the, the the Venezuelan government is now claiming that part of the territory that Guyana has is actually part of Venezuela. This goes back to an old dispute they had in the 19th century that was settled in favor of Guyana. And for many, many years, the the people in Venezuela had pretty much given up on, on these challenges and pre- previous governments pretty much gave up on it. But the current government of Maduro is threatening to once again revive the issue. So they had a plebiscite on Sunday, I guess it was, or referendum, and like 90% of the people voted that it you know we we need to we need to fight for our territory the problem is that the turnout was very low extremely low and so what that tells me is that yes the people who turned out are said 90% uh, in favor of the Maduro government but uh, when you have a turnout that low what that tells me is that we don't really know where the people of Venezuela stand on this and given their history of this topic I don't think many of them are interested. I was talking to a couple of Venezuelans last night and they were basically telling me, Hey, look, this is just a, a political issue. So the post that I have over at the American thinker makes a comparison between what Maduro is doing at the moment with that territory to what uh, the governments of Argentina almost 40 years ago tried to do with the Falklands. Now the Falklands situation did not work out well for uh, the government of Argentina. And in fact, uh, the Argentine military took a heavy hit in fighting with uh, the British in that uh, war. I don't think that this situation between uh, Venezuela and Guyana is going to go down to that level. But, you know, you never know. You know, you never know. Maduro, who is obviously, uh, you know, under a lot of pressure and there's calls in, in Venezuela for free elections. So you never know what he's going to do. But uh, at the moment, it doesn't seem like it's going to be militarized. It's just a a slogan or a rallying issue trying to promote some nationalism uh, within the country. But it doesn't seem to be working, again, because of the turnout. We'll keep an eye on that story because it's uh, potentially a a problem if Maduro were to act uh, militarily. One of the big stories in the country right now is how you know, the reaction of some of these women's groups or the lack of reaction of some of these women's groups to the rape and the terrible atrocities to that were done to women on October 7th. These young women, for example, at the music festival who were raped. We saw some of that on video, not the actual rape, but the way they were being pushed around and dragged around. And, you know, the whole thing is horrible. But the reaction from many of these groups in the West was to stay silent. You know, the same groups that wanted to frame, remember uh, Justice Kavanaugh over accusations that were 30 and 35 years old. In this case, they've remained silent. And it's good to see, it's good to see that some women in the the UN and in other countries are standing up and saying, no, you cannot stay silent. Rape is rape. And it's good to see that that's... uh, That's happening. It was also good to see Hillary Clinton come out and uh, and say something about it because rape is rape. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't understand uh, the qualification one way or the other. Rape is rape, and what was done to these young women and women in general by Hamas is just completely horrific, absolutely horrific. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, some of these demonstrations will finally recognize that rape did in fact take place rather than sit there and say, well, you got to prove it. No, you don't have to prove it. It took place. It took place. And even if there was only one case of rape, uh, there were more than one, but even if it was only one case of rape, there should be, uh, there should be condemnation of rape whenever, whenever something like that happens. I mean, my goodness, uh, you know the silence from some of these groups is just absolutely stunning. But I think they're losing public opinion which is why some of these groups are now starting to say things because they're beginning to realize that public opinion is turning turning on them and turning on them very fast. Again, we're talking about rape and that shouldn't be a political issue whatsoever. Well, we're going to leave you today with an interesting note from on this day in history. Walt Disney was born on this day in 1901. Passed away in 1966. You know, by that's fairly young man, 65 years. And i don't I don't remember why he died. I remember watching the news that, that Walt Disney had died, but I don't remember why he died, whether he died suddenly or whatever. I don't quite remember that, but of course, Walt Disney built probably one of the greatest American success story, the Disney Company, and his movies uh, were tremendous movies that we grew up watching. my kids used to watch him 15, 20 years ago. And he built this incredible brand called Disney, uh, a brand that was known everywhere in the world, everywhere you went. And you say Disney, everybody knew who you were talking about. His movies, of course, were translated into many, many different languages uh, at the same time. So those movies and that Disney brand was probably one of the best known American exports uh, of all time. Well, here lately, of course, the Disney Company, as we talked about uh, in a previous conversation with uh, Bill Katz, the Disney company's in trouble because they've made a bunch of movies that people don't want to watch, and they're just they've done a tremendous amount of harm to, to the brand uh, Disney by trying to, you know, make these woke movies that are seem to be more interested in, in social justice and climate change that in just entertaining parents when they take their kids to, to the movies. So, you know, again, I don't know how much the, kid, the Disney family still participates in the Disney business itself. Uh, I, I don't know how much of, of that family still participates, but I'm sure that Walt Disney cannot be happy looking down at all of this and, and just seeing what has been done to his great company. As I say, one of the greatest American companies ever, one of the greatest American exports ever. One of the a brand, the Disney brand, was known everywhere for being just great movies. And uh, today, of course, the company is in deep trouble because they're no longer making movies that people want to watch. And when you make movies and people don't want to watch them, you've got an economic problem, uh, to say the least. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye, everybody.